This episode is brought to you by Plus 7 Intelligence, a podcast about how games impact people and influence our lives in surprising ways. You can find Plus 7 Intelligence in your favorite podcast directory. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network, also known as the E3 Hype Train. My name is Josue Cardona with Laura Taylor. Hey. Lauren Keller. Hello. And Ali Matu. Hi, everyone. I'm really hyped for E3. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's a little bit of hype among you guys also. Please tell me if there's at least a little bit. I don't want to be super disappointed. I'm living <laughs> vicariously through your hype and, and everything that you're telling me. I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that. I'm yeah. semi-hyped. Ugh. I got a half hype. Ugh. I, I, I don't even know when E3 is happening anymore. Ugh. Man. What a it's way, next what a way hey, to start. You, you, got, you got one. You got one. <laughs> One that's like, yeah, man, whatever, whatever you do, I'm, I'm with hey, you. Hey, no, I'm you. <laughs> excited about all the posts that you're posting and trying to get people to on the on the forum and and on Discord, trying to get uh, predictions out there and find out what they're excited about. So, hey, I, uh, historically, Hasue, I love E3. Like, okay, okay, big okay. part of many decades of my life. Okay. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that because this continues to be my favorite time of year. Like there's there's no competition. It is absolutely what I look forward to the most every year. And it is probably the weekend or the or the couple of days that I'm most excited. More than Comic-Con? Oh, yeah. Way, way more than Comic-Con. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Because Comic-Con is like is a is a big celebration, right? It's like it's for fans. It's a big thing to go to. But as far as announcements and stuff, it, I don't think it's as big as E3. Or I'm I'm absolutely certain that it's not as big as E3. Yeah, cuz all we get we get some trailers at, at Comic-Con. Yeah, about stuff that you already know is coming and then yeah. you get to see it. But I think E3 that's what it's surprises. become more. Like we've lost those big announcements. Now it's mostly here's an ad for this thing you knew was coming, but the ads also like available on YouTube now, so Bye, as Lauren would say. That's <laughs> <laughs> a quote Lauren Keller. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, the, for announcements, for news, for what's going to happen in the gaming industry, E3 has always been uh, the place to be. It's Christmas. It is my Christmas. It's absolutely. Christmas for gamers. <laughs> I, was try- I was trying to think like how, like a parallel or, or, or what, what to compare it to in other, in other areas. Macworld from a time ago would be would be one so sort of so like uh for me wwdc is kind of the start of my e3 week right it's always the, the apple announcements and then you get to see all the new stuff and and so that's kind of it but like outside of the tech world i was thinking now bear with NFL me nfl draft maybe that's yeah. what i was thinking i was yeah. thinking that if you're like such a fan that you follow college sports and then you go to the drafts and then you're seeing like because you know all the pieces at play and then now you're going to see where they end up and and it's like a, a glimpse into what the future is going to be. Yeah, and you can look forward to what that person is going to bring to that team and what that might look like. So now you, with games you're looking at well, this game looks really awesome. I want to see more of that. Yeah, but that's exactly what I thought because but I think like only like the fans who are like so into it from again, like college because there's like you're familiar with the pro teams, you're familiar with the college uh, uh, students who are coming in, and then like you have all these pieces together. 
So like there's this huge gaming industry and then, yeah, there's lots of surprises, but there's still like a big part of the surprises. Oh, like that director or that studio did it or that new studio is comprised of people from this other thing or that indie game was made by these people. And now they like, I don't know, the, the, all, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, super exciting for me. So is there anything that you guys are looking forward to this year at all? The Nintendo Direct. I love Nintendo and hopefully there's some, that's uh, Nintendo's E3 edition. I guess they have an E3 show and then they have an additional Nintendo Direct. Well, no, Um, no, they don't do press conferences anymore. They only mm. have a video that they do. They've been doing that for the last few years. Okay, so it's just the Nintendo Direct then. I thought Nintendo Direct was like their new service of the Switch or something. I was like, what is this thing? Okay, so it's like their their briefing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They do some cool stuff with it sometimes. Yeah, but it's just a video. Like they just, it's like it's live on YouTube now and then, and then that's it. I mean, they they broadcast it live. It is. It's always really good and it's goofy and it's very Nintendo and it's always full of surprises. And the Switch is like so, it's on fire right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's doing so, so well that uh, everybody's jumping on board. So they keep making all sorts of announcements and you're like, I can't believe this is on Switch. But at the same time, if a game is announced and it's not on Switch, everybody's like, why isn't it on Switch? (laughs) So it'll be be interesting. Lauren, what's expected to come out Um, or to be announced during the Nintendo Direct? Well, they're definitely going to show more of whatever the new Smash Bros. game is. Um, I'm super excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I hope they reveal some of the roster. That'll be fun. Then I'm not I'm not really sure what else they're going to do. I have, you know, in my heart, I always hope that there will be more Pikmin games um, mm-hmm. or perhaps a Animal Crossing on Switch or a Metroid game. I don't know. There's there's a lot of really good Nintendo stuff that's coming out and I hope they put out new things because I love me some new IPs. Mm. Uh, it doesn't always have to be <laughs> sequels. <laughs> and they've been they've been surprisingly uh, good with new IPs uh, since the Switch came out. So I'm actually for a few years now. So yeah, it's like lots of surprises uh, from Nintendo, definitely. Has there been a Star Fox for the Switch yet? No. There hasn't. There are rumors of Mm. one. I always want just more Star Fox. Yeah. I don't think there was one on Wii U too, right? There were two, sort of. Technically, but ni- neither was uh, very well received. Oh, wow. But, yeah. yeah Dark yeah, Fox yeah. 64 is what it's all about. That's right. <laughs> Do a barrel roll. <laughs> yeah, there's some rumors for a new one. I'm excited about that. Yeah, no, Nintendo. Come on, Nintendo. Make me cry. This is that, That's how I, I measure uh, if they're successful or not, if they make me cry or not, the, the briefings. They usually do. <laughs> that's how excited I get. <laughs> Uh, my phone what? usually blows up about like five minutes after a uh, conference ends and I get all this information from Josue and I'm like, I, I can't process this. <laughs> what are you excited about? Josue, what's the name of the American, um, the head of Nintendo of America? Reggie fils Yeah, he's. I love it when he's in videos and he does like <laughs> weird Reggie stuff. Um, Who doesn't love Reggie? He's, that guy's awesome. I love that guy. I love how into it he gets. It's That's what I think is so cool about those Nintendo videos. Um, I don't follow Ethy super closely, but anyone who orbits Josue gets... Uh, g- gets it somewhere <laughs> from from the Josue 
broadcast system. Um, and whenever I see little clips of that briefing, it just really captures the enthusiasm of Nintendo. And I, I just love that. Um, that's very infectious. Yeah, they're they're pretty goofy. Um, <laughs> they're goofy in the best way. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah, and like in, in, overall, um, I'm excited about pretty much everything. Uh, is there anything else that you guys are uh, excited about? A little bit, something you're hoping for? Is there any new hardware? Is anyone announcing new hardware? I really doubt that. Now, uh, in the past two weeks, we did get a new uh, Intellivision and a new Atari <laughs> announced. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's, 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 it, I don't think it'll make a big splash. But, uh, but other than that, I, I don't think anybody is going to do anything like that. There was an announcement recently that Sony was talking about that the PS4 is at the end of its life. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, they're not going to announce anything. I'm yeah. really interested yeah. to see what happens with the next generation of of Sony and Microsoft consoles, just because of like. You know, in the past, you know, between the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2 and the PlayStation 3 and 4, there's this huge jump in, like, graphical power. But, like, at this point, we've... It's not going to get too much better. Yeah, we've sort of topped out. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how they market a new console without relying on the you'll be able to see individual eyelashes as their <laughs> main <laughs> visual aid for selling. I think that there's like stages of a console generation. And I think what you just said is always one of those stages. Like how much better can it get? And then you see a demo for the next one and you're like, oh, it could get way better. I didn't, I didn't realize. Or you play <laughs> oh, the next generation for a bit and you're like, it's not that much better. And then you go back and play something on an older system where you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never, never mind. I did that with God of War. <laughs> that didn't look blurry before. Seriously. I, I mean, I, I've been enjoying my SNES Classic. And at the same time, I can only play those games for so long because the graphics are so bad by modern standards that it, it kind of like hurts your eyes after a while to see the, to play those graphics on such a big screen it just it's it's a little weird lies and slander lies yeah, and slander yeah yeah ali what are you doing what Have are you, you tried what are you saying sitting really close to the tv <laughs> 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 it's funny you say that because a lot of the um appreciation of that era of 8-bit and 16-bit is that they kind of for the most part, they age really well. And yeah. so many games now are just 8-bit and 16-bit games, but done today. People consider it timeless. Well, okay, let me go back and I'll say the particular games that I have a hard time. I, I agree with you. A lot of them are um, really well done. It's Mario Kart on SNES <laughs> and Donkey Kong. And both of those are a little bit different than your Super Mario World and that kind of stuff in in terms of how the graphics are uh, coming at you. Donkey Kong will accept. And that's also one of those games where when you think back to it, you're like, it looks amazing. And now you look at it and you're like, ugh, how did I think this looks good? Why did I think that? <laughs> that's definitely a good example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Ali, would you get an N64 Classic if that's, as, if that's announced? Or a Game oh. Boy Classic? Mm-hmm. It would be really hard for me to not buy a Game <laughs> Boy Classic. I was more... Um, 
at N64 is when I started to veer away from Nintendo a little bit. Um, then I came back to it with the Wii. So N64 doesn't have the the place in my heart as the SNES does. But that Game Boy, oh, it ate so many batteries. Um, it would be, a, that would be hard to resist. All of these systems, not the, not like Nintendo recreating them, they're all sitting in my closet about like 10 feet away from me. <laughs> ready for me to pull them out and play them. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous, Laura. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the original consoles. The original yeah, yeah, consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Right, they're right. all wait, They're all sitting there. See, I would always sell my old system to buy the new system. And so I, I have none of them left over. And that's why I'm so glad they're doing some of these classics because it's yeah. it's just hard to play old games. That's something that's really frustrating. I mean, unless you get a ROM and an emulator, it's really hard to have that original kind of experience unless you have one of these classic systems. Unless you get a ROM and an emulator, which is super easy. Which is super yeah. easy. I know, but it's not... Um, <laughs> It's not like I want the experience like on the TV with the controller with uh, with actual Nintendo controller. It, it kind of bothers me the length of the cables and the the weight of the SNES controller is not quite right. Like it's a lighter controller than what the original was. That even that bugs me. The, those controllers are pretty light, Ali. The originals, yeah. SNES, yeah. Okay, I guess I've just I'm a little bit bigger than I was like. There, there's years no ago. there's no vibration stuff in there, so it's, it's pretty light. <laughs> You're too old now, Peter Pan. I am. <laughs> Are you the Peter Pan from Hook right now? <laughs> <laughs> trying to go back. Do you guys have any uh, favorite memories from E3? I'm trying to think of a specific one. I mean, I definitely remember getting really excited about some of the trailers that they revealed, but honestly, I don't remember any specific game. I just remember being like, wow, I really like that trailer. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's so many like trailers and reveals over the years. Um, So like a bunch of them are out of my mind, but definitely God of War. Um, when for the PS4, when they revealed that trailer, I was like, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Ali, it was like they showed this video that starts up. You have no idea what is going on. You see this kid running around, and then you see like this old man, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" And you see the tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, you're like, "Is that? Is that? It can't be. Like, this can't be God of War." Like at first you're like, what is this? What is this? What? Then you're like, no, God of War? No, it can't be. It can't be. It can't be. And then he like steps out of the shadows, and you actually see that it's him. You're like, what is happening? And it was also there's an orchestra playing through the whole event. This that year, that year they were like, <laughs> yeah, they dropped the mic before they started. It's like they knew <laughs> everything that they had. So it was it was like beautifully presented. And then again, it's like no nobody was saying this is the new God of War. It was just. It just started playing. And everyone had to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I love good. that. That's well, so that's so embracing the storytelling of it, um, which is, I think, a long way from where things used to be when I really followed E3. Like, uh, for me, my favorite memories are the the 90s and um, following E3 through my monthly subscription to GamePro and EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly. Uh, where you could, there was no place to go online. You didn't really have the the internet the way we do now, and so I would get updates um, 
in those magazines and read every article about what possibly could be coming out. And then you'd see the updates in the months that follow from E3. Um, and there would be like whole issues of those magazines dedicated to E3 and all these like little blurbs about all the games that were coming out. I would read those page to page, like uh, from cover to cover. Um, I loved that time of year. And I would say my favorite period was the announcement of the 64-bit uh, systems. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you're asking me for like favorite memories. That's where, that's where it is. It's I've been a, out of touch with you. Yeah. It's been a while, folks. <laughs> I remember getting really excited about the Horizon Zero Dawn trailer when it mm-hmm. first came out and how friggin' rad it looked. And I have not played that game. <laughs> What? <laughs> no. I started playing that game and then Breath of the Wild came out yeah. and I got a Switch and I never finished it. Yep. I need to go back to it because it's so beautiful. Well, Lord said something that makes me want to ask you all a question. Um, has there been stuff that you've seen at E3 that like looked amazing and then it like never even came out or it came out and it really did not live up to your expectations. Yeah, that's like half to <laughs> yeah. three quarters of V3 every year. <laughs> my my, uh, my favorite thing that drives me bananas is when you get like exciting new game trailer, like three E3s in a row and it's the same game. They're like, hey, we're still working on it. Please don't forget us. We're, we're still working on it. We promise it'll be out fourth quarter of a year uh, and I'm like, like oh my god <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah there's another one that um i got really excited about the trailer and didn't ever actually play it which oh the last guardian yeah the last guardian yeah, yeah. which took 10 years to come out um final yes. fantasy 15 also took 10 years to come out and it changed it was originally final fantasy versus 13 and then 10 years later it came out as final fantasy 15 and Technically, the game is still coming out because it, it keeps getting changed. And uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, it's also, mm-hmm. I think it's it's at eight or nine years since it was first announced or uh, teased. Beyond yeah. Good and Evil. There's been like mm, four yeah. or five revivals of that game that they mm-hmm. show trailers and then it's like, oh, no, that got canceled. That got hard mm-hmm. canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they'll do another one this year. <laughs> They did one last year, right? Man, this yeah. year we scrapped everything we did last year. Yep. So does that make you a, a, a bit more cautious when you see these trailers, or do you oh, I'm still get jaded ca- about it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> you're on the jaded side. Yeah, unfortunately. But I doubt. Yeah, Josue is probably still on the on the bandwagon. Oh, I get. Oh, I I love those moments because I'm <laughs> even if it never comes out. Yeah, I don't know. I love the moment uh, when it happens and the idea. Well, there's so many there's so many things to be excited about, right? And so if one doesn't come out, then you're excited about the other five that. Exactly. Yeah, and you, you can also enjoy a trailer even if the game ends up being something else or or never happens. Like mm-hmm. a good trailer is a good trailer. There yeah. aren't many yeah, of them, yeah. but you know when you get them, you enjoy them. Yeah, E3 is like so hopeful, right? Everything is presented and you assume that every, all this is going to come out and you're going to play it one day and it's all going to be amazing. And of course, that's not true. That's not true at all. But in that moment, you don't feel that way, especially with these presentations, these briefings that um, they're, I don't know, there's something about them, right? The way that they're presented, the way that 
everybody just gets into them. You know, even even the most garbage uh, thing. Um, <laughs> there have been like some exceptions. Like uh, people like to talk about the PlayStation Wonder Book, which was uh, a presentation where it was basically like a. a I think it was a J.K. Rowling written like Harry Potter themed virtual book that you would open and you would have a PlayStation camera on it and things would come alive. It was like AR. And they spent a really long time on this presentation. And it was one of those rare occasions where, where in the middle of the presentation, you're like, this is not exciting at all. What happened? <laughs> and I think that, that, yeah. So I think that's why there's way more uh, like just trailers and videos than oh we're gonna sit here and play this for 10 minutes like that usually doesn't go over well but a trailer can look amazing music that's not even in the game and (laughs) (laughs) i get i i really don't like it when when trailers don't show any gameplay though like that can be pretty frustrating I, i don't know i I, I get pretty excited. <laughs> I never, Just at the title logo right there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, yeah, there there are times when once I hear people complaining about like, well, we haven't seen any gameplay. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's true. We didn't see any gameplay whatsoever. They don't oh, want to well. hype you up and then scrap it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that Slash, hype sometimes is better. They haven't quite made the game part yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're still working that part out. <laughs> like right now, Yikes. the one that is probably the the most guilty of that is a game by Hideo Kojima, the the creator of uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, he, Death Stranding! Is, is that the one with the Walking Dead dude? Yeah, with Norman. Yeah, yeah. yeah Norman yeah. Reedus yeah. and Norman Fetus. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. And Guillermo del Toro's in the trailer, and in the last what? one, he's um, in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the guy that plays Hannibal? Uh, I forget his name. Anthony Hopkins. No, 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 no. The no, other no. handful. The new, the oh, the other one. <laughs> the new guy. Um, oh, I'm totally blanking on it. But yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, like, every one of these trailers is more strange than the one before, and it's all a cutscene. Um, although they'll argue that that's like in, in game engine, but it's really a cutscene. You have no idea what the game is about, you have no idea what's yeah. going on. It's not even. It, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Like literally, the first trailer has Norman Reedus connected to a fetus. <laughs> it is, it is so great. <laughs> I, I think they'll they'll probably do an, another trailer for E three this year too. Oh yeah, with no gameplay and just <laughs> just more. One of my predictions is that they'll have two big name actors in this one, and we'll still have no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's just like. Death Stranding, and then like a curtain opens, and it's Oprah, and the crowd goes wild, and then it just goes black. That's yes. it. And yep. you yep. get a fetus, and you get a fetus. <laughs> yep, yep. That's pretty much the kind of thing that I'm expecting, and people will love it. <laughs> people will love it. Our sponsor for this episode is the Plus Seven Intelligence Podcast, hosted by Chess Hall. It's a podcast about how games impact people and how the games we play influence our lives in surprising ways. Chess promises it is sure to challenge what you think you know about video games. He interviewed me a while back in season one, and he'll be interviewing some names you may recognize from this show in season two, which launches June 11th. The second season starts off talking to medical doctors, psychologists, and game designers in a series on games and mental health in which he'll cover everything from gaming addiction to how games can be used to treat mental health. Later on in the season, he'll be talking about how games are revolutionizing education and how they impact society at large. You can listen to and subscribe to all episodes of Plus 7 Intelligence on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite podcast directory. Again, it's Plus 7 Intelligence. Make sure to spell it all out when you're searching for it. P-L-U-S space the number 7 space intelligence. 
And make sure to tell Chess that you heard about the show here on the Geek Therapy Network. So it was one of my dreams as a kid to go to E3. Is that is that a thing? Can can you do that as, as someone who's not in the industry? As of last year, you can. Yep, really? You can, yep, they opened it up to to the common folk. Would yep. Would you all want to go to that? Uh, I don't know. Or would it like ruin it? I don't. I used to want to go <laughs> until they let regular people in. <laughs> <laughs> Hostway is above oh the commoners. Right. Well, it's because it's because of how crowded it is. Um, yeah, if you've ever yeah. been to like, you know, if you've been to PAX um, or a Comic Con, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there's things that you want to see, and literally, right? Like the doors open in the morning, people are running yeah. to different booths, to different things to line up. You like you just there's nothing you can't do it, and you can't see the things that you wanted to see. And PAX is exactly the same way. I I've waited a couple hours at PAX for stuff, and it at E3 press and people in the industry have lots and lots of appointments yeah i was gonna say there at san diego there's no appointments for for press for things unless you're yeah, you just like gotta line up super well connected or like a major outlet um yeah. yeah 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 so a part of me would love to but i don't think there wouldn't really be that much of a surprise by being there as much as there is like i would love to go to the conferences i would love to to get tickets to each of the press conferences. I would go to all of them if I could. I don't care so much about going to the actual show floor because I probably wouldn't wait very long for anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Would you want to go to the Nintendo after party and hang out with Reggie? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would really want to go if there's a, a new system. Like, to be able to play a new system, I think, would be just so cool. And that that was always my dream as a kid, to be able to play, like, the system before it came out. Um, but I, I totally get you, Josue. It's, it's, once it's open to everyone, it's just so stressful and so difficult and um, much harder to be able to see or do the things that you want to do. Yeah, that was a complaint that people had from last year. Was just, there was just, there's just too many people on the floor now. So, the the other know. thing is now through social media and a lot of the live coverage, you can get such great uh, information in real time as it's happening through the internet. So you're not missing too much if you're if you're following it. Rather, there are certain things like when the 3ds came out, you couldn't possibly see the 3D effect until you had it in your hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same thing happened with VR. So VR. the last time I went to a PAX, I did wait three hours in line. To, to play a Harmonix um, uh, PlayStation VR game because there's no way I could try that out at home because PSVR didn't exist. <laughs> it wasn't, I have waited in line a few times for VR, but uh, I don't think that there are that many things in the horizon that I would want to wait for right now. Speaking of VR, is there anything new on the horizon for VR coming up at E3? There always is. I'm sure there there will be a few. Oh, they announced a new Tetris game this week, made by the the same guy who made. There's a game called Res and another game called Luminous. Uh, Luminous is a like a pu- music puzzle game, and Res is like a I don't know. It's like a damn. I don't know how to describe Res, but it's really cool. <laughs> and so he's making a Tetris game called The Tetris Effect, hmm. and it's really cool. I, I really I I love the trailer. It's like it's a, it sounds like a like a, someone from an old um, archived footage talking about some research experiment that was done a long time ago. But he's talking about uh, how P- 
people um, describe seeing blocks after they play Tetris. And so the game is called The Tetris Effect, and it's like VR Tetris synced up to music. Whoa. Oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and it, you don't have to play with VR, but uh, but that is one thing that they announced this week. And so I'm sure there will be a lot of uh, smaller VR things like that. Yeah. VR isn't as big as people probably expected it to be by now, but I'm sure there will be a lot of uh, new VR stuff. So uh, I'm, I know I'm ignorant on, on this topic because I'm an old-timer when it comes to video games, but what about the more quote-unquote arcade games, indie games, and mobile games, do you see much uh, announcements in, in that area with E3? Sometimes E3, like last year, I remember them showing a bunch of really neat indie stuff. Um, it, it sort of depends um, on who's publishing it, too. Like Devolver Digital will get a lot of stuff shown because they make real cool games um (laughs) they have their own they have their own briefing yeah wow yeah yeah um but as far as like mobile games go not not so much yeah mobile really doesn't it doesn't really have that sort of presence probably at the mobile uh what's it called mobile world congress yeah yeah probably there you would have more of that um here there might be tie-ins or something like that like nintendo would announce a mobile app on their direct like their like their uh, Pokemon the Let's Goes, yeah, that yeah, they did yeah, before. yeah, or, or like a Super Mario Run or something like that. They might do, they might announce um, something like that. They'll probably talk about new clothing or villagers coming to <laughs> yeah. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. <laughs> yeah, but that's because it's Nintendo, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Xbox has ID at Xbox, which is their indie program, and PlayStation has I forgot what their thing is called. I don't know if they have a name for it anymore, but they have a lot of relationships with indie developers. And so, and, and Nintendo during their conferences, they always show, or during their directs, they always show um, indie games because that's a big part of console gaming now. Yeah. And there is a PC conference also, hmm. which is a little strange, but um, so I don't know how many indie games they would show there. Uh, PAX actually has like a big area that they, it's actually really cool. At PAX, they do. Most people have these 10-foot-wide booths, right, that they rent out to show games. But at at PAX, they have an indie – I don't know if it's called the Indie Arcade or it's something like that. Indie Alley, maybe? And they have four monitors set up, like, on a small tower. So uh, they can put a lot of these stations in a a small space instead of having a full-blown booth. And then they have one indie game on each one, and they have the developers standing around to answer questions. So there is – I think it's the Indie Showcase, now that I think about it. But – so at a at a conference like PAX, there's, I think you you'd get more traction as a as an indie developer. At PlayStation Experience too. Oh um, yeah, yeah. They they have they have smaller booths than the the big companies, but they definitely have like a whole side. At least when it was in San Francisco, there was a whole like side of the the conference hall that had like rows and rows of indie developers, and then some bigger indie developers were on the other side and they put the big names in the middle. Um, wow. What yeah. what is PlayStation Experience? It is a PlayStation only um Conference. convention. Yeah. Yeah, it's huh. a convention. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and is that one open to the public? Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm so they don't. I don't, I don't know if they make a lot of big big announcements there or not. But um, it was really cool to be there and a few years ago when it was in San Francisco and um, play all the games that weren't out yet and stand in line to take pictures with Nathan Drake. yeah no it is it is a pretty big deal for playstation they do make some announcements they show new trailers it's pretty exciting too they make trading cards for each of the games collectible trading cards (laughs) that's kind of cool yeah and like playstation experience is one of those it's like it's more like a comic-con right it's very fan oriented it is it's a celebration and i mean even though e3 is is a corporate event it is. It's a celebration for p- people who don't have to work there and who aren't, you know, there. Uh, it's it's still a huge celebration. You know, it's the one time a year when everybody in gaming really comes together. Mm. And I don't know. That's why I love it. That's why I love these events. Every time we talk about the conventions and stuff like that. Hearing you that. describe it, Jose, it's like the Olympics of video games. <laughs> you know, sort of. Sort of. I mean, sort of. Yeah. That just, unity, uh, that coming together, that that's such a big part of this that never otherwise happens. And there is a lot of competition, too. Yeah. As much as uh, some people are like, oh, you know, there isn't a console war. There's absolutely, like, They'll uh, be like, who, who won E3? Yeah. Is yeah, it yeah. Microsoft or take. Sony or Nintendo? <laughs> and, and I, I love It's always ar- Nintendo. I love those articles <laughs> so much. And I, I would them. argue that those things really matter, you know? Like, uh, one thing that is happening... You know what else right? matters is media matters. Media matters. <laughs> uh, one, th- <laughs> uh, one, thing, one thing that they're doing this year, it's like, uh, I love the, the competition, the, the showmanship. Um, like, so, this year, Microsoft said, we're going to go on, uh, I think it's Sunday night or Saturday? One of the two. They're like, we're going to go a couple days before because they always used to do it the same day as as uh, PlayStation. And inevitably, like whoever comes, whoever has the best announcements that day, like you take up the entire news cycle mm. because that's it because the next day there's something else. So Microsoft's like, we're going to have a one or two day lead on them and have the whole day to ourselves. And then, <laughs> and then Sony this this year was like, okay, yeah, no, we're going to have our conference on, on Monday night like usual. But every day the week before, we're going to make a huge announcement. <laughs> 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 so like the first day it was like, boom, Tetris, which could have been just a trailer during their conference. But no, instead it took up the entire news cycle on the day that it came out the week before because nobody else had a big announcement. Um, I love to see things like that. And uh, I love I love how cheesy the conferences can be. I love how bad the deliveries are. I love <laughs> how people get excited about things that they shouldn't be getting excited about. I love all that stuff. You love getting excited about things that you shouldn't be getting excited about. I love that most of all. Yeah, <laughs> I like I all it. of the graphic tees paired with a dark blue or black sport coat. <laughs> That's, that is yes. everybody on yep. stage. <laughs> so, okay, as, again, as an outsider... Um, how are we doing in terms of uh, the lady developers representing on stage? I know that's been an issue in a lot of the tech conferences. How, how, how's E3 doing with that? Crickets. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that, leave, that leave that long silence in. Do not cut that one. It's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... It's getting better? Yeah, I think that in the... Uh, actual because most of the people that speak at these conferences are people who are executives Mm. within the companies and there very rarely do you see a female executive coming out and talking 
with the exception of when in the Microsoft conference, they always talk about when they talk about Halo. So the 343 has, I don't know if she's the head of 343. She might be, but she's pretty high up and she always uh, speaks when it's time to talk about Halo. But in terms of any of the companies they have, they don't have female executives. So you, but do you do get uh, female developers on stage sometimes? It just depends on the game. Do we get um, much representation of people of color? I can I I don't know Sorry, I don't know yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean it, it depends because now it's like okay so like Ubisoft is a French company right and there's a lot of developers in smaller countries and there's a lot of developers in different places and it's like yeah they're mostly white guys you know but sometimes you do have developers who who are representative of of minorities but not on the big huge games I don't think yeah I'm, I'm, I I ask because I've I follow a lot of the Apple news pretty closely and Apple a few years ago got a lot of criticism in this area and tried to uh, diversify their uh, keynotes and they did much better for a little bit, but it seems to have gotten worse lately. So it's, um, I don't know. I don't I think, think so. I think they had like probably 50% of the of the presenters at the WWDC keynote were female. That just like, also happened to be one of the yeah. most boring Apple keynotes in a long time, but that's for a different I, I podcast. Did, I, did, I disagree. I disagree. It's two and a half oh. hours of uh, good stuff. Josue, yeah. you love everything, man. You get. I don't love everything. Yeah, but, uh, you do. You love everything that, unless it's something everyone loves. In which these case are the things. It. These are the things I live for. I live for that two and a half hour uh, keynote. <laughs> he <laughs> takes man. notes on the keynote. Damn right, I take notes on the keynote. <laughs> that's why we love you, man. Yeah, so I don't think it. I don't think they had less. I think they had. They've definitely had more female than ever before. I think. I didn't. That wasn't in my notes. I didn't count. But uh, they're doing yeah. a lot better than um, than where they were before. Yeah, I, st- I still think we're a long ways away from seeing a lot of diversity in, especially in the AAA space, just because of the patriarchy. Uh, the patriarchy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smash it! <laughs> yeah. A lot of these games, like there's there are studios that are built up by people who have been there for a really long time. So I don't think we'll see uh, as many women having huge studios um, for a little bit. But I, I definitely think we'll get there. I mean, we've talked before, Josue, about how the comics industry is just now getting like more women and more people of color in places mm-hmm. of power and and things. And um, they've got a what fifty year head start. <laughs> I'm more yeah, than on, that. On gaming. Yeah. 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 Vertigo just did some really cool stuff. We can talk about that next week. F- fingers crossed there are lots of women and people of color represented at E3. Yeah. Now, again, so a game like um, Assassin's Creed, which um, I believe um, isn't one of the head uh, people on Assassin's Creed, Jade Raymond, agency, isn't she still on Assassin's Creed? Maybe she's not anymore. But um, Assassin's Creed has like a thousand people working on it, you know? Right. So like if you're talking about the, the person in charge, the head of the studio, like no, there there are very few um, uh, uh, people who are not just like a white guy. But there are tons of people who work on these games and there's a, I think there's a lot of representation there now. That's way better than it has ever been. 
as much as I care about this stuff, I think that most people don't. Kind of like, kind of like what we were talking about last week. I think that it doesn't matter how many, how diverse the pool of people that make the game is. That's never going to get as much attention as the main character, or uh, of the story, or characters of the game, or the person who's giving the presentation. Because most people don't think about who's making the game. You know, especially if there's, I don't know, you know, hundreds of people. Uh, people like there isn't uh, too much attention paid to that. Not now, anyway. I'm sure there will be a, there will come a time when those conversations will be more prevalent, but I don't think they are now. As a as two women who love video games, how do you do? You think about this often, or do you, or do you see any change um, happening at all, or or what are the areas that you think are the most problematic or hopeful? I have seen some changes, but it, it often feels like it's two steps forward, one and a half steps back, um, which is tough to deal with sometimes. Um, just just seeing women on stage being excited about games the way that we all get excited about games, I think is really important. And, you know, it's easy to be all like, well, you know, it's the the keynote speaker, it's the CEO or the COO, and that's who gets to talk. But I really think, you know, given that we're, most people aren't there in person, they're streaming this online, they are watching the YouTube videos, like that is the place where we need to start, you know, seeing more diversity because it, that's where it spreads out from. If I'd, you know, if I'd been a little girl and seen like a bunch of female developers talking about games that they were excited about, it it would have made me feel less like a weirdo for being a girl who liked games. Um, so that's kind of what I hope for the future is that there, with more diversity, there will be more people who who don't feel ostracized from uh, from this medium as a as a culture and a, a social group. I guess I have. A lot of experience with not feeling weird liking games as a girl, but I I grew up with a bunch of friends that I, I grew up a tomboy with friends that were boys that didn't care that I was a girl that liked games, and I think playing games and being excited about games and seeing that as I'm growing up, I like that you're growing up in your thirties. I'm growing up in my thirties. No. Um, no, but um. With diversity in games, I think I get excited when I see women or people of color creating games. I have friends that are in the gaming industry, and I'm really excited to see those groups and LGBT creators, too. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's amazing to see that. And um, on the other hand, I, it's not something when I'm playing games that I really think about. And maybe I should think about it. I'm happy when I get a game like Horizon Zero Dawn where there is a woman that is the lead character and she's well written and voiced by Ashley Birch. <laughs> right, exactly, my favorite. <laughs> it in the long run as long as she's well written and represents a good depiction of a strong woman, I don't care who created the character i guess um and that's one of the things that like i said maybe i should be thinking about those things it's not something that until i hit probably my late 20s that i started like it wasn't on my radar at all i just like games i didn't i've never really had this issue of neat not being able to see myself even in male characters straight characters 
But it is nice now that I'm getting some of that and, and seeing creators that are of different um, groups that that I think that we're getting a rich, a more rich storytelling from all of these people. And definitely it's it's bettering the gaming industry. Yeah, again, like uh, if when people talk about, or I think you have to be really, really deep into it to even care about who's making the games and when then once you do when you start hearing people talking about them i think that's uh it's really exciting like i don't know many developers period but i hear people talking about again jade raymond i know is like really responsible for assassin's creed so whenever her name is tied to something i get excited and amy hedig is uh was a writer on the uncharted games which i really like so she was going to be doing a star wars game so i was like okay that like that's a big deal mm-hmm. like very rarely do i even know anybody's name who's who's making a game like i'm, I'm excited if miyamoto gets, get, makes a game or kojima like okay yeah i definitely want to see things from those people and i think again i think it just it just um i think it's a natural evolution like we're moving in a direction where we're, we're talking more about the people who are making the games, um, at least at that high of a level, like writing the stories or being a director. I just hope in, in a couple of years, like you'll have big name women to reference when you, when you're talking about like, Oh, it, right. whatever game that right. that person makes, I will definitely get in there and I will buy it. I just shut up and take my money. Miyamoto. Like, you know, there, <laughs> there are so many big, big names uh that are men and it would be nice it would be nice if there were some women up in there too yeah i can only think of two women right right now at all yeah it's interesting that we talk about not knowing who like even wrote a game or like the higher ups when you look at movies who knows how many people work thousands of people work on movies too yeah all those names in the credits that you only sit through to get to the the cut scene or the <laughs> the end credit scene, um, but we typically only know most of the actors' names and and the the director and the writer, and we get really excited about those people. But in a game, you may only know like the person who came up with the idea for the game. <laughs> And even in a movie, again, hundreds of people work on movies, sometimes thousands, and it's just a, what the director, the the screenplay writer, mm-hmm. maybe executive producer, and then other than that, just the actors. All right, so I want to start a new segment, but I don't know what to call it. Ali Ali likes to name those those segments for you, Josue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm putting it out here. So so you guys, uh, let me know what you think. Alliteration is preferred, but not required. So um, I want to do something where we highlight some of the things that are going on in the forum. So forum that, facts. Nope. But let it <laughs> but let it simmer. Let it simmer for a while and see and see how you feel about it. Okay. You can come back next week and let me know. Okay. So I just want to highlight some things that are happening on the forum so that you know encourage people to check it out. One of them is is definitely E3 related. Um, someone started a a topic called reminiscing of E3. So people are sharing their favorite E3 moments on there. I shared mine with videos and everything. It's it's uh, very exciting. Lauren has one where she's asking about game deaths. What's that one about? So I am doing a um, qualitative research project for my class. And as part of that, um, what I was interested in studying was uh, what characteristics or factors lead to a memorable game death. 
Um, and that is based on uh, Gabby DiRienzo's Play Dead podcast in which uh, she interviews game developers. Um, and at the end of the interview, she always asks, asks them, what is your favorite or your most memorable game death? And I thought that that was such a cool idea. Um, but there isn't uh, any research related to that at all in existence. So I'm, uh, I'm doing my own. And what I'm doing is I'm collecting people's uh, stories about, you know, their most memorable game deaths and uh, doing some qualitative analysis, looking for patterns and common themes and, and see, see what I find. It's pretty exciting. Please, please share your stories with me. Yeah, but th- there's a lot of good answers on on that thread. One of the things that I, I I joked about this week about the forum is that it has unshackled our community from character limits because there's some super long posts. On oh the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> on the forum, and I love it. There's, there's, <laughs> I think I've seen a couple of too long didn't reads on there. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are using those spoiler tags. Content warnings are going up. I haven't even like said anything about that. It is, it is, it is so good, so beautiful. I love the forum so much. And then one of my favorite uh, topics that came up this week was our friend Vars. Uh, he listened to our episode from last week and he started a topic called What is Your Geek Therapy? Because he was so excited about our geek therapy segment and the things that we shared. He wanted to share his own and hear what other people had to say. So I love that one. And, I love that uh, so much. Thank I you, know. Vars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, you got to check out the forum. Oh, yeah, give me a tease. Forum. Go to the forum. No, go to the forum, man. <laughs> You're the only one of us not on the forum right now, Ollie. Plus, I also told you that people are like writing really, really long things. I can't, I can't even summarize some of the stuff that's on there. And do it justice. Absolutely not. Yeah. Plus, Ollie, if you go and look at the forums, you might find that people are talking about you and saying nice things. Oh, you people are really nice. Thank you. Thank you, lovely people. I love you. You should you should go read what they say. I should I should read what they say. The problem the problem is I'm pretty sleepy all the time when I'm not podcasting it at work. I'm I'm pretty sleepy, but I will uh, I will look at some stuff. At least uh, go and post uh, on my thread about your favorite or your most memorable game death. <laughs> yeah, for science, Ellie. For science. Okay, so. Thanks to Vars for that uh, topic. Let's get, let's go into geek therapy for this week. Did anyone bring anything for the geek therapy segment, which is where we talk about something that was therapeutic in the most general sense, just made you feel good or helped you get through something uh, this week? Lara, do you have something? Oh, I totally have something. My geek therapy for this week is the reason I was gone last week. Uh, my trip to Disneyland with my wife for our third wedding anniversary Josue and I have talked before on the show about how in my family, pretty much everything you do, every big event, it's Disney. (laughs) Um, Whether it's Disneyland, Disney World, Aulani. But are those, are the old commercials based on your family? Totally. Totally. (laughs) Um, If not, I should be getting a deal. (laughs) Yeah. For people who are very young and don't remember, there used to be commercials that were always like, big event, graduation, birthday, whatever. We're going to Disney World. Yep. Yep. That's my family. And, you know, I'm exhausted still from, from this trip that ended almost a week ago. I mean, I still loved it every minute, even the tough moments where things didn't go exactly as planned. And... Um, so I may be drained physically and exhausted, but emotionally I've been boosted up and I love Disney and I already want to go back. 
and it's not going to happen until Star Wars Land opens next year. So I've had um, a pretty garbage week. <laughs> oh. uh, my car broke down, which is pretty awful. But um, oh, it, no. aside from that, uh, I would have to say, honestly, this past week, my geek therapy has been the geek therapy forums. I, I've been checking it pretty regularly, and it, and it makes me really excited when I open up the tab and my my little picture up at the top says that I have like likes or responses from other posters. It's just it's really nice. I'm really enjoying it. I like that answer, Ali. Yeah, you know, I think I have to go with WWDC. This is the thing that you said that was the most boring conference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ever? it was. Okay. It was. All right, just double checking. I didn't get to my why it was geek therapy yet, though. Um, so I'm a pretty big Apple fan um, from about 2003 or so. And it used to be that Apple had two Mac worlds a year and they had their WWDC. And now the only reliable thing is this WWDC, which is the developer conference. And it's always a opportunity for me to connect with some of my Apple fans, um, fellow Apple fans. We've got this uh, thread uh, where we go back and forth and we kind of debate everything and what it means and what does this matter? Does this not matter? So that was a part that was really uh, geek therapy for me this week was having this pretty active thread with about four of my friends um, debating everything about what was announced at that keynote and what it means and where Apple is and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that was uh, a ton of fun. I love having those discussions with my buds. Where do you stand on tongue detection? Uh, I think tongue detection is cool, but I think the eye detection is a bit more impressive. You don't think it's a game changer? No, I don't think it's a game changer. <laughs> no. Um, I think the memojis are, are cool, um, but it is kind of like a bitmoji, which I also think is cool. And again, I'm the resident old man here. <laughs> You are. You are. Yeah. I think the more the more old you are, the more you like bitmojis. I think that's a pretty strong correlation. Based on my parents, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, that's true. What about you, Josue? Uh, my my big uh, geek therapy this week has been Rock Band. Uh, I I never bought Rock Band four. I was like, I bought Rock Band 1, 2, 3, Beatles, had everything, but I never got Rock Band 4. Uh, but it was on sale a couple of weeks ago, so I bought it, and then I I went into an old box and found um, all the microphones. So I've only played the voice parts. And me and my girlfriend So you're playing having, karaoke. We're basically no. just playing karaoke, <laughs> and it, is, it has been so much fun. And I found that some of my friends had played and had their high scores. So they had probably hadn't played in a couple of years, but I was beating their high scores and taunting them <laughs> through the game and texting them. And it was the best. And my girlfriend and I keep going back and forth. Oh, it has been so much fun. I almost lost my voice a couple of days ago. Nice. I thought I would be nice. not be okay today. So today I took it easy. Ooh, oh man, I love that so much. It is That is my probably my number one go-to cheer me up game. When I'm feeling down, I will I will play some rock band. What, what are your go-to songs on on this rock band? So you can buy a lot of them. I think Oasis songs. Um, I like like Wonderwall. Like Wonderwall. Nice. Uh, Don't look back in anger. Are the nice. only two I have uh, right now. This is the only two Oasis songs you really need to remember. So. 
No, I like Champagne Supernova. But, uh, oh, that's the other one. There's a couple. There's yeah, yeah, another yeah. one. There's a couple more. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a couple more. I did some Coldplay songs, but uh, I think uh, Queen Under Pressure is probably like my Achilles heel. Oh, and nice. I, I practiced that one a lot this week. That's how I almost lost my voice. The few <laughs> Queen songs. There's, um, yeah, there's a, there's a few... Oh, like the glory of love from, uh, from <laughs> Karate Kid. My girlfriend bought that one. That was pretty good. There's like Sia in the game. Like there's, it's, it's gone very uh, pop focused. It is. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, okay. Since you mentioned Karate Kid, I have to mention because I was away during those weeks. I was in California. Uh, geek therapy for me has to be Cobra Kai on YouTube Red. Just a quick plug for it. If you like the original Karate Kid, you got to watch. Cobra Kai. I think the first episode is for free on YouTube. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Does the glory of love play at any point in the series? No, but there's a lot of other 80s rock that plays. Okay. So that's all I needed to know. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. And of course, E3. E3 is like my my geek therapy that uh, carries me from year to year. All right, so that is it for this episode of GT Radio. We haven't been doing the question queue, which question is queue. you go to geek Ther- you go to geektherapy.com slash QQ. It's spelled QQ, Q after the Q, question queue. Got it, Ali? Okay. I got it. So so uh, we haven't been doing that a lot, but I think the forum might kind of replace that because people are asking questions kind of generally. And I would like to, I think, like bringing in things that are really great on the forum. I mean, there's still a place for QQ, but uh You could absolutely. have a question queue like thread. That's what I, that's what I, I brought that up last week. You think that's a good idea? Yes, yeah. we can't yeah. get. Yeah, we QQ Maybe needs to live on. If you pinned it to the front page, otherwise, I think it would just get lost yeah. really fast. Yeah. It can yeah. it can evolve, but you you can get rid of the QQ. I didn't say I was going to get rid of it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, we're, we're we're getting questions there and not uh, in the QQ. It's okay when we get. And them. then we don't have to spell it anymore. Also, you. like there, <laughs> there are still questions that we we have. They just haven't like tied into the topic that we're talking about. So QQ is not dead. It's still there. Uh, but definitely check out the forum at forum.geektherapy.com. Register. Uh, you can get badges. It's all. It's really cool. And you can read lots of good stuff. Oh, there's so much good stuff. Ali, you have to... We created a content corner category, which is where uh, members of the community can share content that they've created. And Whoa. someone did a rewrite of uh, Star Trek Voyager to, from the perspective of... Like, assuming that there was a mental health counselor on Whoa. Voyager. yes. And then from this person's perspective and how it would have changed all of the events from that series. That is a really important perspective because we never see that on Voyager. The closest we see is people going to Tuvok for help learning how to meditate because they're having Mm -hmm. emotional problems. That is Voyager's only answer to any mental health concern is go to the Vulcan and learn how to repress your emotions. Through and so she's because she's they were a, lost in space with no counselor on the ship. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, she's written. She's writing a trilogy. She's like halfway through the what? third book. It's like like novel size stuff. Yeah. Go to the go to <laughs> go to the forum and check it out. Nice. Uh, I think you'll like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Woo. Yep. And then as always, we're on Twitter at Geek Therapy. Uh, I am at Josue Cardona. Ali is at Ali Matu. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur, and Lara is at Geek Therapist. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy E3. Oh, E3 is, uh, we will be hosting it on Twitch all weekend long. So if you just want to chat with us there, absolutely check that out. And uh, join the Discord too. We've got uh, always some good gaming talk going on at the Discord. That's uh, geektherapy.com slash Discord. The Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash geektherapy. 
Happy E3 weekend, everybody. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. What's a Twitch? (laughs) You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.